So we're talking about responsibility, all right? So I, th- I saw this cartoon, uh, and um, I like it because um, it sort of illustrates the world in which we live. We, we live in an ever-increasing irresponsible world, and as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to be responsible. And excuses are everywhere. They're just everywhere. We're going to talk about a couple of them. But um, ac- according to um, Career Builder, the three main excuses people give for not coming to work, I, I mean, I, I wonder if, I, if you all could get these. Does anybody know? What do you think? My dog ate the, no, no, that's not one, no. I'm sick, alarm did go, oversleeping is one, traffic is one, weather. The three, the three big ones are weather, traffic, I overslept. Now, some of the most creative ones, I'm going to show you uh, four. These are really, really good. I made it to the parking lot, but I, but I fell asleep. Now, that one is really good. Um, I probably had a long night before, evidently. Uh, I like this one. My fake eyelashes were stuck together. Well, how you know? How are you supposed to work when you can't open your eyes? Really, that's just not good. This is my favorite. The, my astrologer warned me of an accident on a major highway, so I took back roads. So that, that is great. I like that one a lot. But maybe my most favorite one is this one. Um, I had morning sickness. Uh, it was a dude. Uh, so that was the thing that made that kind of fun. Now, irresponsibility is basically when I don't take responsibility for the things I'm responsible for. And we're going to kind of chat about that a little bit today. Irresponsibility is sort of easy to see in others. I mean, it's kind of obvious when somebody else is irresponsible. The problem is sometimes we miss it with us. And we're making laws today to deal with irresponsibility. Did you know back, I think it was 2004, there was a House bill. It was called the Cheeseburger Bill. Does anybody remember that? And it was basically a bill that said you can't sue McDonald's if you are obese. Because there were people suing McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken or whoever. Because, in fact, I have a couple of, there was a guy named Cesar Barber who blamed his diabetes on McDonald's, Wendy's, KFC, and, and Burger King. And there's a young man, 15 years old, named Gregory Rhymes. And his mother stood before a judge and said, I always believed McDonald's was healthy for my son. The young man, 15 years old, weighed 400 pounds. Okay, so there's some irresponsibility involved, but we don't want to take responsibility for our irresponsibility. This is sort of the world in which we live. And as Christians, we have to understand that we, when we are responsible, we have to take responsibility. We have to, we have to man up. We have to woman up. We have to be the people God has called us to be. So let's talk about a couple of aspects of this. First, the nature of irresponsibility is it is contagious. What you uh, reward gets done. And so if by being irresponsible I find a reward in that, parents, all right, let's, let's talk parenting just for a second. We challenge our children to, to tasks and to chores. Now, can I wash the dishes better than my child? Me, personally, no. Uh, but, 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 normal sane adults, yes, yes. And so Miriam has chores for Elise, our, our 12-year-old. She, she washes the dishes sometimes. 
Um, yesterday I had her fill the bird feeders. There's stuff that we have her do. Now, most often we can do it better, but we're teaching when we're allowing them to have responsibility. Your responsibility is to make your bed every day. Your responsibility is to clean your room uh, occasionally, or at least once a week, to have it straight when I ask you to do something. And when we simply ignore that, or we say, this is your responsibility, but I walk in the room and the bed's not made and I make it myself, how do I help her learn responsibility? And being irresponsible if it's rewarded will only breed more irresponsibility. The other thing is, and the truth of the matter is, somebody has to clean up the mess. If you're irresponsible, somebody has to fix it. You can't just leave it that way. And so when we're irresponsible, I love this story. I heard one guy talk about his his kids, uh, how he was training them. And their job was, once they took a shower and, you know, carried their towel to their room, their responsibility was to take the towel back to the bathroom and hang it up. And when he would come in the room and the towel would be on the floor, he wouldn't pick it up. He would call his child in and he would say, I want you to ask me to pick up your towel. And they would be like, no, no, we'll just pick it up. No, no, I don't want you to pick it up. I want you to ask me to clean up your mess. And they would like, we don't want you to clean up. Well, yeah, you do because you didn't do your responsibility. So all I'm asking for here is I want you to ask me to clean up your mess. He was trying to teach them that if you don't do the things you're responsible for, somebody is going to have to. Now, here's what we really have to understand. God created us to handle responsibility. We're designed to do certain things. The Bible tells us that before we were even created, God appointed us to do good works. He has something for us to do. If you uh, will look at this verse, oh, no one anything except to love each other. That we, we aren't to be irresponsible. We are to be people who are responsible. In fact, Christ followers should be the most responsible people in all the world because here's the deal. Ultimately, we're responsible not to my spouse or my mom or dad or whoever. I'm ultimately responsible to God. Now, at my house, when I was growing up, I had a great dad. I had an amazing dad. But here's the thing. When daddy gave me something to do, I could make excuses all day to my mother or my sisters. It didn't matter. Ultimately, I responded to my father. One of our responsibilities was to eat all of the food on our plate. We didn't waste anything. That's great until they serve you broccoli. Broccoli... um, At the fall of mankind, Satan introduced broccoli into the food chain. You may not know that. It's an obscure verse. Don't even look for it. Uh, But it's there. Now, I know some of you are saying, I love broccoli. No, you don't. Uh, You don't love it. You put cheese on it and you eat it. Nobody loves broccoli. I don't care who you are. If you do, you're whack. I, I I can't say it any other way. I had responsibility. My responsibility was to clean my plate. And if I didn't clean my plate, I mean, I ate that broccoli. I mean, here's the thing about broccoli. You can't even hide it in a glass of milk. You got to eat it. You got to eat it. So the the deal is, and and the truth is, Christians should be the most, 
We should be exemplary in how we're responsible. We pay our bills. We do what we 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 are people of our word. If we give you our word, we're going to do it. Even if it hurts, we pay our taxes. We clean up our messes. When you walk your dog, you're the one that takes the little baggie. Yeah, what's that about, man? Jerry Seinfeld used to say, if, there's, if there are aliens watching us and one entity picks up the waste of another entity, you'd have to wonder who's in charge. Have you ever thought about that just for a second? I mean, just think, just think about it. God gives us a responsibility to take care of certain things. He, he's made us responsible for certain things. As a, as a pastor, I'm responsible for certain things as, as it relates to our church. As a husband, I'm, I'm responsible to certain things in my family, toward my kids, toward my wife. As a son, I'm responsible to my mother to help her. She's almost 85. She'll be 85 next month. Pretty cool, isn't it? Um, but I have a responsibility. My dad died a few years ago, 15 years ago, and so I'm responsible to take care of certain things. I'm going to go up shortly and fix some things around the house because it's my responsibility as a son to take care of my mother. We, we have these responsibilities. God designed us to have responsibilities. And we should set an example for other people on how this should look. We're to be the most responsible people as followers of Jesus. We should be different than everybody else. We should pay more than our share. We should do more than is expected. We should overachieve. We should overgive because... God has done that with us. He, he's, he's over-forgiven us. He, he's over-loving toward us. And we should reflect that. Let, let's go to Genesis. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis today. Chapter 1. Because I want to show you a couple of verses. In chapter 1, it says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God determines gender. It's God who determines this. So he created us in his own image. Every person that you encounter everywhere, anywhere, has the spark of the divine in them. They are made in the image of God. It's really important to remember this. So the guy that cuts you off in traffic bears the image of God. I know you don't like it. I don't like it when I get cut off in traffic. That person bears the image of God. The, the person behind the counter who doesn't wait on you well also bears the image of God. People that tick you off bear the image of God. Everybody has the image of God within them. They have a soul. They're important to Jesus. They're important to God. It's really important to remember that in all of our dealings with everyone. So God created them. Now look what happens. Oops, went too far. Uh, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here's what's cool. Responsibility is God's idea. For every life. Let me go back to it just for a second. Because basically he says, um, have some kids and subdue the earth. Have some kids and manage stuff. Before there was the Ten Commandments. This is long before the Ten Commandments. Before there were rules and regulations, God said, I have some responsibilities I want you to have. I've got some things I need you to do. Here's what's the, tr the truth about that is this. God created 
all of us for responsibility. Every one of us has something we're responsible for. So let's go on. Jesus said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And here's what we have to have to understand. We're happiest and most fulfilled when we're effectively handling the responsibility that God's given us. That's, you'll never be happier than when you're fulfilling the responsibility that God's given you. Never be happier than when you're doing what you're called to do. It's just how it works. Now, I'm not going to complain about being a preacher. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but preaching is interesting because you don't know how well you're doing. As a pastor, I don't know how... I kind of I plant seed a lot of times. I, I preach, and I don't know how effective that is. And it's just, it's, it, it's an odd occupation, frankly. And the Bible talks about it. And uh, there was a time Paul said, I, I plant the seed. Apollos, who was another preacher, he waters it, but God makes it grow. So as a preacher, sometimes it's difficult to know how well you're doing. That's why I like to do stuff around my house. The last two months, I've had this project on my front yard. We bought this house a couple years ago. Um, I don't know if you, you know this, but uh, here in South Carolina, there's, there's something that gets in your yard called weeds. And um, we had wire grass, also from Satan, by the way, uh, wire grass. So I've got some Bermuda and I've got some wire grass. And this is a job I can do. And then at the end of it, I can look at it and say, oh, I, I've accomplished something. So. I, I used some Roundup, and I killed all the bad stuff. And so now my yard is green and brown. And the neighbors were talking. Uh, so we dug up the wire grass. Has anybody ever done that? That is really not fun. And we dug all that up. Now, I could have rented a tiller, but tillers are for chumps. So uh, I, uh, I have a shovel. i got arms. got time. I shoveled pretty much half my yard, which is not small. And uh, so we dug everything up on my hands and knees. We're digging this stuff up. We're laying down side. I bought a pallet, laid that down. That wasn't enough. I bought another pallet, laid that down. That wasn't enough. I bought some more and now I'm done. I hope I'm done. Uh, I think I'm done. Now, I'm going to drive home today after I have a great meal and get to hang out with all you people. I'm going to go home and I'm going to drive up in my yard. Oh, it looks marvelous. I mean, it looks great. It's amazing. And when I, every time I go look at my yard, and in fact, I saw a, I saw a weed. Uh, I'm shaking, sorry. Because uh, they're relentless, and it reminds me they're relentless. But here's the deal. I feel fulfilled looking at my yard. Because I can look at that and say, hey, I did that. We all need something. That, that's, why we do, that's why we have hobbies. And that's why, like if you catch a big fish and you mount it, there's a reason you put it on a mount and put it on your wall. Because you want to say, hey, I, I did this. This is something I've accomplished. If you uh, make a chair or some furniture or make a dress, I mean, whatever you do, Part of us, there's something deep within us that says, God has tasked me with something and I feel most fulfilled when I do it. And when I do it, well, the scripture tells us we are created for responsibility. 
Now, I'm sure, I, I don't know if, how you can be irresponsible and happy. I guess the way you, you, know, you job the system, maybe you're happy that you got over on somebody. But the, the happiest people are the people who understand what their responsibility is and they do it well. Because this is how God has wired us, living up to our potential. All right, let's go back to Genesis, okay, just for a second. So God, there's Adam and Eve and God. That's all we got. God says, I got stuff for you to do. You need to you know, manage the planet, have some babies. <laughs> I mean, what a task. Uh, it's great. And then Satan is introduced into the story. And he tempts the woman, and she eats the fruit, and she gives some to her husband. Adam's right there. It's not like he's guiltless. And, and that's how the story goes. By the way, <laughs> I heard a cute little story about, about uh, these two little boys. They were in Sunday school, and they, the teacher was talking about the devil and how the devil's real and that kind of thing, which I believe the devil's real. And the devil's real and that kind of thing. And So after the class was over with, the two little boys were kind of in shock a little bit, and one of them looked at the other and said, what do you think about this? And <laughs> one kid said, well, you know how Santa turned out. Uh, I suspect the devil's just like that. He's probably our dad. Uh, so, <clears throat> I know, that's good. That's gold. That's gold. All right, so Satan tempts Eve. Eve eats the fruit. Eve, give, Eve gives to Adam. And then let's look at the story. Genesis 3. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees in the garden. Sin will make you do really, really dumb stuff. And just so you know, you're not going to be able to hide from God. It's just kind of impossible. So they hide, they try to hide, and, and God shows up. Now, the Lord calls, where are you? It's not as if God didn't know his location. But here's what, I, here's what God will do for us. When we sin, we have opportunity to confess that sin. We have opportunity to ask God to forgive that sin. Um, God was giving Adam an opportunity here. You have sinned. Um, you're, you're hiding from me. Because that's what we do. When we sin, we have a tendency to hide from God. And God is basically giving him this opportunity to come clean. Kind of, hey, this is a way to become clean. You know, come clean. So this is the response. Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Or as we say in Kentucky, naked. So I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now here's something we have to understand. God is holding Adam accountable. If you're going to grow spiritually, it is almost... I, I would say it's always through accountability... There may be an exception, but it's almost always through accountability. If you're going to go spiritually, if you're going to grow spiritually, it's almost always with accountability. That's why we have life groups, so we can be accountable to one another, so we can grow together, so we can have some people who might speak truth into our lives. If you haven't signed up for a life group yet, you can do that today. On the way out to the right, there's some, some um, sheets there, and I think there are five or six options, and at the information table. We'd love to be a part of life groups. If you've never been a part of one, join one. Try one one time. You don't have to stay forever. Uh, just try it one time. But accountability is so important to our spiritual growth. And so God is holding Adam accountable here. All right, so 
Adam says, God, it's on me. It's on me. I, I was there. We were tempted. I ate it. Eve is not guilty. It's all on me. That would have really been great if he had done that. This isn't what he did. Now, now he, remember, irresponsibility always leads to blame. You've got to know this. So look at how Adam responds. I love this. This is classic. This is classic. The woman you put here with me. All right. There's God, Adam, Eve. Okay? So Adam's here. The woman you gave me caused me to sin. Who is he? He's blaming everybody but himself, right? I mean, it's like, kind of not my fault because I really didn't ask for Eve. Didn't ask for her. Did not ask for her. And uh, so, um, you gave her to me, God, so it's kind of your fault. And she deceived me because that's what women do. And uh, uh, so it's kind of her fault. Kind of your fault, kind of her fault, kind of not my fault. This is, this is maybe the greatest line in Scripture. The woman you gave me <laughs> it caused me to sin. It's great. It's great. If you're looking for a model of blame to how to blame somebody else, th- this guy, he was, he's the king of blame. Um, she gave me some fruit, and I ate it. It's almost as if she put it in my mouth. Uh, she kind of forced it in there, and I choked on it. I tried not to, but I swallowed. Uh, it kind of, it's kind of how it works. Okay. Now, Eve, not better, really. Oh, okay, least conflict. Do I not have that verse up? Oh, dang it. Let, let me read this one to you. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is it that you've done? And she said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So Eve is basically saying, not my deal either. The, the, the serpent... We, we just are really not good at accepting blame. And irresponsibility always leads to blame. And you hear it all the time. I can't get ahead because the system is rigged. I, I'm acting out because my parents are too strict. My boss doesn't appreciate me, so I'm not going to work too hard. My wife never does this, so that's why I look at porn. My husband is... Uh, uh, negligent so that's why I nag over and over God hasn't provided enough so that's why I worry it's not really my fault it's somebody else's fault it's my husband's fault it's my wife's fault it's my boss's fault God ultimately it's your fault we're no better than Adam and we're no better than Eve we like to blame and when we blame it leads to conflict and let me just ask you a real kind of blunt question Do you suspect that the relationship between Adam and Eve was strained when he said to God, she caused me to do this? I suspect, I'm just going out on a limb here, that Eve didn't appreciate being thrown under the bus before there were even buses uh, by Adam. I suspect she didn't like that. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I bet Adam was sleeping on the couch that night. Before there were couches. I bet he made his own dinner. I mean, I bet, I bet for a while there was some strain because blame leads to conflict. And we live in a world where we do not want to accept any of the blame. Here, I, was near, I nearly fell off my chair when I read this headline the other day. It said, 
University of Maryland takes responsibility for mistakes in football players' death. And I'm like, what? Because nobody takes responsibility for anything, especially an institution. This guy's name, by the way, is Wallace Liu. He's the president of Maryland University. There's a young man on his football team named uh, Jordan McNair, 19 years old. He died of, of heat, over, overheating during football practice. And this is what Dr. Liu said. He said, the university accepts legal and moral responsibility for the mistakes our training staff made during the workouts where McNair, 19-year-old defensive lineman, suffered heat stroke. Now, I'll just let me ask you. Do you feel better or worse about a guy like that who stands up? He says, look, it's our fault. We take institutional and moral responsibility for what happened. I mean, that brother's going to get fired. But listen, I appreciate the fact he manned up. It was our fault because we have this tendency to want to blame somebody else when things don't go the way that they should. Irresponsibility leads to blame. Irresponsibility leads to conflict. And it doesn't just lead to conflict with others. Because, listen... You can talk yourself out of maybe the consequences of short term. You might convince somebody it really wasn't your fault when you know it was. You, you might be slick enough. You might be savvy enough. You might be able to wordsmith enough where somebody would say, okay, it's not on him, when you know it's on you. But you'll never convince yourself because you know it. In the depths of your soul, you know the responsibility is yours. And you might shirk that responsibility, and you might push it to somebody else, and somebody else may take the blame. But the conflict remains. This is why we feel guilty. Because we've never confessed, and we were responsible, and we didn't do what we were (laughs) supposed to do. Here's the, the good news. It's never too late to accept responsibility. It's never too late. Sometimes you read about folks who have deathbed confessions. You ever hear about those? Maybe they committed a crime when they were young and they were getting on their deathbeds and they want to clear their consciences and so they confess. I've heard of these. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens occasionally. I think God would much rather us take responsibility, accept the consequences, and deal with it in His power. So I've got homework. We started school this week, some of you. Um, you have homework from school. I'm going to give you a little homework. And let me tell you what I want you to do. First, start to notice your blame game. Your language toward blaming somebody else. Because here's the deal. I suspect we all do it some. We get caught in an awkward situation. We get caught doing something we shouldn't have done. We get caught not doing something we should have done. And we have maybe a tendency if we're not careful to blame somebody else it's his fault it's her fault it's their fault just sort of check your own blame game where are you in the process of i'm blaming other people where are you in the process of accepting responsibility the second thing i want us to do is to embrace our responsibility sometimes i have conversations it's kind of interesting i'll have a conversation with somebody and they'll say um Let's say it's a husband-wife disagreement, and, and he'll say, my wife never, blah, blah, blah. She's not there. 
Or if it's a lady, she'll say, my, my husband does this, and I don't like that, and he's causing problems. And, and I, I kind of want to say, okay, well, this isn't going to be very productive because the person who has, bears the responsibility here isn't here. So what are we going to do? So a counseling technique I learned a long time ago is you kind of draw a pie chart. And you say, okay, all the blame for this is in this pie chart, is in this pie. You draw the piece that you're responsible for. How big a piece are you responsible for? And it usually looks something like this. Uh, your blame, my blame. It usually looks just like that. I don't have much. Um, but I might have a little. Okay, well, let's deal with that. So you, you sort of check your language. Am I blaming other people for stuff I should have done? Am I making somebody else clean up my mess? Am I causing someone else to to take responsibility for the things I've been irresponsible for? I'm going to start listening to my language, and then I'm going to start dealing with my peace, even though it might not be much. I'm going to deal with my piece of my stuff that I can take responsibility for. Let me give you a quick review. God created you, you, every one of you, to handle responsibility. It is His design for your life to be responsible. For something. If you don't handle your responsibility, somebody else will. It's just the nature of how things work. If you don't do it, somebody else will. And you're happiest when you successfully and effectively handle your responsibility. This is the way life works. just is how it is. We're responsible. And let me close with this. Perhaps I should have added it, maybe the fourth thing. Ultimately, we're responsible to a Heavenly Father who loves us, but will hold us responsible. If He has tasked us with something, like I was when I was a little boy, if He tasks us with something, He wants us to do what He's called us to do. And maybe you haven't been doing what you've been called to do. That can all change today. Today is the day. I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to give us a little instruction about an offering that's coming up right now. And um, we'll kind of close. Okay, Lord, we thank you for pointing out to us that you've given each one of us something to do. Thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for pointing out to us that when I don't take my responsibility, somebody else has to clean up my mess. And Lord, I thank you that you pointed out to us today that I'm happiest, we're happiest when we do what you've called us to do. Father, when we stand before you someday, we will be responsible for the things you gave us to do. Help us to stand before you with some measure of confidence where we can say, Lord, I did the best I could with what you gave me. Because ultimately we want to hear from you, well done. You are a good and faithful servant. We pray this and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.